I did actually. He came so here he to me. he came here to steal your award. <laughs> We're on. They're, they're a little difficult to take off. We are back for episode 77. We have the man with the biggest arms. The biggest. <laughs> you, I always comment on your arms. Chef Rush, welcome to the show. It's absolutely a pleasure oh, being here. Put this a little closer. Oh, okay. Here we go. It's an absolutely pleasure. Now I hear myself. Now it's absolutely a pleasure to be here. I, w- I wasn't sure how to. You know, it's so weird to see you out of. Um, your outfit, you um, know. Yeah, that, you usually, you know, you have. I always <laughs> wondered. If, and... I always wondered if you custom cut those sleeves to to show off the arms. But you walk in in this shirt. I will show the shirt here. <laughs> this is your book and also book. one call of your merch sh- shirts, yep. right? Call me Chef, damn it! <laughs> and <laughs> and you're still popping out of this shirt, so I don't think it was actually tailored. I Now I have a different perception on that. See, I appreciate that. That's perspective. Yeah. I said you know? to him, I said when he walked in, I said, dude, are you ever going to downsize? He says, I've already downsized. He's like, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. To no downsize. How, how, how do you want to downsize more? Uh, I, this is my downsize more. <laughs> how I mean, often do you eat? Uh, every chance I get a chance. I so, eat. So he's, that's why. No, you know what's funny is, is – Believe it or not, I actually wanted to be a chef at one point. My sister owned a restaurant. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. and, really? I was, and I was a line cook. He doesn't believe this because he can't imagine this. I, but I had this, and you know, it, they say it is one of the most stressful positions you can ever do, the, right? Yes. And I know, listen, you've taken it, and we'll talk a lot about that because, you know, you're like a real celebrity chef, right? But the thing is, is most chefs expand the wrong way. Mm. Never right? trust a never, what is never trust a skinny chef. <laughs> yeah. They never said never. Another about what about a fit chef? Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I've seen a lot of fit chefs like this. Uh, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. Does, that, does that mean you don't eat the food you cook? Uh, no, I eat it. I just got to work for it. <laughs> you just go train afterwards. Well, well, we were just talking about he he is a master of making food look like the presentation is everything, right? But does it taste like? It tastes no. He said healthy food. He healthy, can make it, it looks like it's unhealthy. You're like uh-huh. I can't eat that. Then you find out what yeah. it is. You know, just like I did the cottage cheese ice cream with all the chocolate and peanut butter, and you know, ripped it up with a bunch of fruit and things on top of it, nice and creamy and succulent. And you just like, when, oh my when's, god! When's he coming to do our parties? <laughs> <laughs> How much is it going to cost for you to cater our oh, party? You man. don't want to know <laughs> that. <laughs> Listen, we already know you're broke. <laughs> you can't afford. You can't afford rush. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? I don't cook any for anyone anymore. I wouldn't I, even go. I wouldn't even see. Go to listen, house he's that big time. Uh, no, he doesn't you know, cook. He just subs it out. <laughs> he, hey, he, go cook my well, stuff. Well, you know, unless it's for kids or the homeless or for a, a cause, a charity. But people get me and say, "Hey, chef, can you come over and cook for me and so forth?" And I'm like, um, "What's your rate?" I'm like, "A hundred and fifty thousand. You don't know what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were talking about cooking. When you were in the White House and yeah. we were just talking about the thing that you never knew, I saw uh, Jay pass by when I was in the kitchen. And oh. he passed by and he walked. And cause we, have a, we have a long window because I think we're kind of part of a tour. So people that goes by to get a special tour like him, they can see us. And so... I was looking down, I came over, and he walked right past the door, and he backed up, and he looked at me, and I looked up at him, and we kind of nodded <laughs> at each other, and, and he went on his way, so it was pretty funny. See, I never, I never knew of Chef Rush until that picture surfaced, and, they're like, and it was all over the media. Look at how big Obama's chef is, Obama's chef, and it was showing all the, 
you know, showing you and with your arms busting. I think it was some outside cooking. It was. Um, How did that happen? It was, it was a, for the Iftar, you know, Ramadan. And I had just came back from uh, Germany. And uh, they asked me to come in. I had said no, that I changed my mind. Long story short was Iftar, they eat at sunset. They can't eat before. And I was out just by chance. We had the... Uh, the media there, and right outside is where POTUS goes to the media thing. It's like all in like round robin. And um, the media press that was there, I, I, I hate the press, so I always run away. I don't take pictures. So the person that did, there was actually two people who did it. I actually didn't take the picture. They were sneaking. When the president came out, they turned around and took a picture of me purposely. And they came back outside and said, uh, one said, <clears throat> um, I'm going to make you famous. And I joke with him. I said, I'm already famous. Laughed. and like, look at social media. I'm like, I don't have social media. He said, look at Twitter. I don't have Twitter. I don't have, I didn't have anything mm-hmm. whatsoever. So uh, what people didn't know is that when that happened, my job is to put everybody else in front. I actually ran. I was I, I like, ah, I, I, I'm an introvert, extreme introvert. You wouldn't believe that. I've always been an introvert. I always put people out and taught people and trained people, put them in front. And when that happened, it was a decision to make. So I just kind of hid. And I went and called my mom. Like, mom, is crazy. She didn't know anything about social media. She was from Mississippi. Like, yeah, baby, just, you know, pray on it. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> bye, mama. <laughs> bye, mama. So it was crazy because I had one social media up that was Instagram or something that I never used, and I got like 600,000 people at once, and I deleted the account right away. Deleted it, blocked it, did the whole thing of it, and I was just like, no, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. And then a couple things happened that made me say, which was my mom again, that made me say, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna, if I can do this and help one person or two or ten, um, I'm okay with it. And that's what I did. So let's let's take it. Let's step back from the beginning. So where where are you from originally? Um, Columbus, Mississippi. Okay. Small, small, small place. <laughs> and who was Chef Rush growing up in? Uh, he was Col- the hardest worker you could know as a kid. As soon as I was born and could walk, my dad put me to work, uh, and he told me always, um, wherever you go, someone wants you to fail. And he always say, work harder than anybody else, ever. And uh, very poor. Uh, so when I was growing up, worked on farms, did everything. My dad was the type of person that believed boys go to work, girls go to school, boys don't cook at all. Uh, women do. <laughs> that was old school Mississippi. And uh, he used to have me going out literally, uh, no lie, when I was young, picking cotton. I know that's cliche, but he would have me, even when they had machines, he would make us pick him by hands, which was the most appreciative thing that he could ever do because now I still have the same ethics. You know, people make fun about me getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I still get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I still do what I do. I still work my ass off. I still do all these different things that I thought was normal, but I didn't realize everybody else didn't do it. So when I went into the military, I didn't realize I had an advantage because I'm already getting up early. I'm already strong as an ox. I'm already, we didn't have gyms in Mississippi. It Mm. was a YMCA or something, but you had to pay for it. So anything I had, I had to kind of learn from scratch. So you, so did you join military right out of high school? No, not right out of high school. I actually had um, a few scholarships, art scholarship, football scholarship, track scholarship. I was actually scheduled to try for the Olympics because I was pretty fast. Actually, I was very fast. Um, But um, Could you outrun Jay? Um, it depends. <laughs> I was pretty fast too. Actually. Were you really? I'm sure. Yeah. I was. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What was what you ran? I ran. Uh, let's see. I ran hundred meters. So I was a hundred guy also. Yeah. You know, I, what we're my doing I was now? a shot putter and a discus thrower. I am setting this up. You two are going to race. 
<laughs> I have to run low though because I don't want to pull my hamstrings. You know? Oh yeah, that's. A, I'll that's be both of you for about three yards. Come on, after, I said three yards. Yeah. After yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a real quick first three step. Three yards. <laughs> so, so that so that came from the work work background. Oh I'm yeah, sure. most definitely, most definitely, and it never left me, which I'm I'm, I'm appreciative. Siblings or, uh, yeah, five uh, sisters, and uh, I had two brothers, but one oh. passed away. Sorry, from cancer. So so when you so did you go to college and play sports? Uh, no, I uh, played sports in high school. Like I said, I had scholarships, but I didn't go to college until later on while I was in the military. Okay. So explain this whole, what was the reason you went to the military and what did you do in the military? Uh, so I did a lot of different stuff in the military. Even people don't know because everybody thinks they know everything about everything, but I don't care. I heard uh, you're a nerd. Um, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. Um, I started off, you know, a lot in combatives. I, I kind of switched over later on. Uh, but even in that role, I always went back to my numbers person. So I'm a, a logistician. I'm a logistician. I'm a logistical guy. So that's why I kind of, uh, people think that like now they think I'm the talent. I'm not the talent. I'm the CEO. I'm the person. I'm not, I'm my own puppet master. So I tell people, if you're going to do something like even with cooking, which was a hobby of mine, it wasn't like what I wanted to do. It was just something I learned from my mom cooking with her when I was younger. Cause she used to sneak and let me cook and my dad never knew. But I also love to eat, but everybody else was older uh, besides my younger sister. And the next person up was like 13 years older. So uh, I got leftovers. <laughs> but anyway, um, doing that, I kind of figured out what I should do, how I should do it, and kind of run with it. Just like I was telling you, where I grew my social media in you know, another 4.3 million in the last uh, eight weeks. I had to stop, think about it, because I never did it before. I just was on social media, and it was relevant to me, but it wasn't my bread and butter. I was too busy speaking, too busy doing other things. I had a lot of things behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So what did you, so you started off doing, you said combatant stuff? <clears throat> uh, com combat, um, combat arms, combat arms in the military. <sighs> Uh, switched over, um, and then I did the stuff where, you, you know how you have a couple different skill sets? Mm -hmm. I was a Zulu 5. <coughs> Excuse me. I was what a Zulu, is that? A Zulu 5 is a special identifier for working for a certain people. You know, I had my um, top secret clearance. I had a bunch of other stuff that I used uh, later on that I kind of put to work. That's how I was able to work over um, in the White House or for a lot of uh, the generals, whether it be Secretary of, uh, Secretary of the Army, Secretary of chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, uh, over at West Point. So I did a lot of different things like that. So at what point during this process did you start cooking in the military? Or did you, or was that just something, a hobby? So I did start cooking early on, but it was a different type of cooking than what I was used to. Uh, it, it's going to be a crazy story, but um, when I did start cooking in the military, it was not what I thought. I literally hated it. It was just like a big chain reaction of food just like going a cafeteria on. like a like mass feeding you know no no heart to it we, so the cooking just mountain mounds of yeah, food yeah just mounds of food and <clears throat> then have the structure of the healthy cooking that part yeah. that part and now you gotta understand when i was cooking my mother in mississippi it's the hospitality state so when we cook we cook for family we cook for love we cook for heart we sat down and laughed and congregated and had that feeling of that euphoric feeling and that's what I loved about it, even as a young age and growing up as a kid. So my mom taught me that, and that was embedded. So in the military, when I tried to do the same thing, it wasn't there. So what happened was uh, I still wanted to do it. And one day, just by chance, someone saw me, and he wanted me to do a culinary show. And I had no idea what it even meant. We didn't, I wasn't in the home ec, didn't do any other stuff. 
And um, I saw the show, went there, started training, fell in love with it, fell in love. I know, but you're an introvert. How does this work? I don't understand. You know, I know. You know what? It's crazy because you know I, I said I was I'm an, intro, I'm an extreme introvert. I am also. By Are the you way, really? you would you would probably wouldn't guess that, but it's like I'm listening to you speak, and I'm like. I'm already like, like, wow, this is a lot, you know? No, I, so like you that. sit there and you say, wow, I'm an introvert and I'm this, that. And I'm like, dude, like you're like wide open. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's a true story. I'm going to tell you what happened. And when I say extreme introvert, I never talked in school. I never talked in school, never got in trouble in school. I never did anything. I just, I didn't, I didn't associate with people. I was, I was a loner. One million. See, and I tried to get kicked out of school, so I did bad (laughs) stuff so I could go home. Well, you close to your mom, like in a sense, like who did you look at as like your best friend? My mom was. uh, I was a mama's boy. Yeah, one hundred percent a mama's boy. I was a mama's boy. Uh, Even when I joined the military, I used to go home every week to see my mom. My mom was my heart and my joy. Uh, That's why I do a lot of speaking for women rights and women and things like that. Because I understand, I I appreciate that. I know how hard it is on that end of it, because you got the good and the bad and indifferent, Um, but. Going back to what you were saying about being an introvert, it was my whole time in the military. Now, when I got to do stuff that I loved, it was like me being a, a disguised extrovert, right? For a certain switch amount. Switch turns on. Switch yeah. turns on. The same thing happened when I started speaking. I mean, when I say I speak, I speak all over the world. I mean, I speak for banks and people that you would never think, doctors and lawyers for corporates and all those different things. And I speak and I do it passionately and, and diligently. And then once it's over, it it just goes away. <laughs> it stops. Goes back to my intro. But when it's time to smile, and and like you do, and Matt, and when it's time to smile and take all those pictures, you know, four hours in a row with all those kids <laughs> or people, and 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 give them gratitude and appreciate them because they come out for you for something you did and say thank you. Of course, I'm going to say thank you back. I know, so, but you have a crazy sense of humor, man. I am. Like that's what he he. You're more known like about these funny things that you do, right? And it's like switch. Yeah, it's a switch. But you know what though? Like you have the same thing, and I guess I'm I'm not famous like you guys. But I hate being in public. I don't like being on camera. I don't like any of this stuff. I've always told him this. I don't speak. I won't. I'm not doing any of this. I want to go home. And I had to beg him to do this podcast. You know, did you really? Yeah, Yeah, dude. Because he he felt nervous being behind the microphone. I don't. I never have. I've never liked public speaking. I remember in college, I had public speaking, and the only way you could get an A is if you did two speeches. And I said, "What if I do one?" They're like. Well, the best grade you can get is a C. I said, well, cool, I'm going to do one. I did well, one, and I, and I didn't do it anymore. And they're like, why don't you do the second one? I said, a C's good. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. That is funny. So I, I like me almost every night. Like, we'll message each other at 9 o'clock. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm at home. Because you don't want to go anywhere. But no. some people, like, I could never take it to the extreme that you do or Jay does. He rushes in bed in at 9 o'clock because he gets up at 3. So. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I'm international. I do a lot of business, uh, East Coast, West Coast, Central Mountain, overseas. I mean, I'm, I, and, and unfortunately, I don't have an assistant. I fire everyone. I'm the type of person is if, if I'm working harder One than you. Show. I Like you. You know, I see what yeah, you do. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. I know your whole, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you, I'm that person. <laughs> That's why I'm the hell out of you. I, when I use an example of, of that in bodybuilding besides Arnold, I, I talk yeah. about you. Um, so how so how did this happen that you ended up in the White House cooking? Well, no, he was talking oh, about oh. this show first. I okay, want to oh, hear about this cooking show that which you would, one that they got you to they wanted you to do this show or whatever you said. Um, the, the military, yeah, like the military. Oh, uh, the military. So yeah. military, the military show is a culinary art show. 
um, uh, if you see my my, my outfit, that I, my uniform I have on, yeah. <coughs> it is, I have a badge on there. It's a USACAT badge, yeah. United States Culinary Arts team. So you have to try out for it and we compete all over the world. I'm, a, I'm an Olympic chef, so I compete all over everywhere. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes chefs make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people make me sick. Actually, I mean, a lot of times. Okay, explain to me. I want to know. Because <laughs> chefs sometimes make me very arrogant. Some of them have a, a, the benefits. They think they're the best, right? They do. Yeah. They, no, don't get me wrong. They are. But yeah. you go to schools and certain things, and you have opportunities that everybody else didn't have. I had to take a look back at that because I had to learn my ass by my fucking self. I had to pick yeah, up yeah. books, and I had to learn this shit, and I had to look at things that I didn't have a mentor for, and I had to fail a thousand times because I'm like, I don't know what the hell this means. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it, but yeah. I did it anyway because we didn't have Google and we didn't have pictures and internet, yeah. all that yeah, stuff yeah. to look at it and have examples. We had some black and white picture that you're like, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. And then when I went to show once a year, which was once a year at Fort Lee, Virginia, which I've been to a million times uh, and to support, uh, I went there. I fell in love with it. I saw everything. So on my repertoire, I'm a master ice carver. I'm a chocolatier. I do pastries. I love lauder, which is competitive food. I do anything chocolate. I do spoolshire. I do anything you can possibly think of. I wanted to. I fell in love with the art of food, and then I got into the healthy part of food, and then I learned food about why. And then I learned so many different things. Like I do these cakes that look like you, and I do these like pedophores that look like little. Yeah, just little fancy stuff that, that I look odd doing if people take pictures. <laughs> and ice sculptures. Hold on. Ice sculptures. Talk ice about this. Love ice sculpting. Uh, I even do it on my TV show. Uh, it was funny because I did one for my show the last time. I have what this thing that I call my pause. I talk about it in my book. I pause. Uh, pause means that, you know, you push the button and you just stop where you are. Because I didn't get to do everything um, at once, like with culinary, we only had it once a year. I would do it, and I would learn it, and then I would stop it right then. So the next year, when it started, I started back right where I stopped off. And I remembered everything from that point on, right? Same thing happened with ice carving. I saw someone doing it, and then I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm from Mississippi. I've never seen a block of ice that big, 325 pounds, and it's just a, a rectangle square. Um, and one day someone asked me, um, can someone do the ice carving? And I raised my hand my reflex, and I was put on the spot, and like all men do, we don't back out. And so I had to do ice carving. They sent me there. I came back hours, hours later with two ice carvings, unveiled it to them, and they looked at it in front of everyone, and they looked at me, and I was a private. They said, Private Rush, you did this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, great job. And I looked at him like, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looked, to me, it looked like shit. <laughs> but you have to think about it. <laughs> it, to them, that was great because they've never seen what it. What was it of? It was a cornucopia, okay. um, which I didn't know what the hell a cornucopia was when I did it. It was Thanksgiving, and it was an eagle. Wow. And did you, is this, because you said you had a, a, a scholarship for art. Is this what this came from? Um, art, 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 art had a big thing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I, you have to be an artist. Yeah, you, you to have to be an artist. Yeah, I that's mean, what I was saying. Like I, use, I, use art in every, I use art and numbers in everything I do. Art and numbers, it doesn't make sense. It just, you know, you just, like you see those rainbow colors and those different things, how I have to figure it out. Okay. There's, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking when you said you, you got this art, it's not, not anybody can just go make a sculpture. Yeah, no, no. It's first I know, try. but he's talking about even the food and this. Yeah. I'm so obviously yeah. your mom, I mean, and you I guys just, actually enjoying. Like this is was a very social thing, but it yeah. was also like 
I mean, it, you were set the standard early on, right? Oh yeah, I mean, of it course. Was presentation. And yeah, it was presentation, and I was very competitive also. Even when I, even when I knew I was going to fail, I used to tell the guys who have done it for years and years, "You ready to lose?" And they look at me like, "Kids, shut up!" And I'm like, <laughs> and when I lose, I was like, they're like, and I had to, I had to be my biggest fan, like my dad said. I had to every time it was over when they won. I was like, "I told you you're gonna lose." And they looked like, "What the hell are you talking yeah. about?" I like because I already won. I was there. I was in a battle. I wasn't crying about it. I, I didn't care if I lost. I got the experience from it, and then I just drove from that shit, and I just kept going. See, and nowadays someone would be like, "You're arrogant. You're cocky. You're this." And it's like, no, you just believe in yourself. You know, it, it's true. And you know, yeah. I, and I say that I have the humility for it. But I, I at one point in time, I even thought that like, are oh, you being arrogant? Like, I don't tell everybody everything that I do. I do a million different things. I don't show it on social media, but I know I should because it has a cause and a worth and a value to it. But at the same time, it's like, am I arrogant? Of course I am. I have to be arrogant because I, I stick up for so many people to include myself. You know, you got your kids and your kids. You got family. You got, I mean, I do everything from helping pets to, you know, service dogs like we were talking about to yeah. raising money for homeless vets. And I mean, so many different things you can do that people will look at them like, oh, you think you're better than everybody else. I actually, I am because I'm doing it. I like it's that. Amazing, you should, you should be like that. <laughs> like, are you better than me? Like, of course I am. You have to have the confidence, right? You did. He just said that all you know chefs think they're the best, right? I mean, are you the best chef then? You know what? I am not the best, but I'm where the best want to be. I want to ask yeah. you something though. So that's good. You the say you you don't participate in all these activities you mentioned, like these artistic whatever with this ice. You probably haven't done any ice sculptures for how long? I did one for the show, but before that, I hadn't done it for you a couple of years. did one on Instagram not long ago, so, right? Yeah, for that, yeah. So do you lose the ability to to do that, or is it like a practice thing? It is a practice thing. Practice makes perfect. I mean, a lot about that. So that's why I said I talked about with the pause. I have to remember the demographics, but the funny thing about me is when I did my pause section, the next time I came back, I got better every time because I thought about it the whole time. I thought about what I did wrong and what could have made it better. A lot better. of us in mental preparation. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, one-dimensional, two-dimensional, three-dimensional, you know, 3D, all those different things. I'm like, okay, this is what I could have did better. This is what I, so next time I do it, I go a little bit further each and every time. I'm kind of blown away by all these, these yeah, there's a lot. The things that you do, but what are you the best at? Ooh. That's uh, what I want to ask. You should know the answer to this. What uh, do you, you feel really, like you, today? Like if I asked you, like, what – What's your best ability? And if you tell me social media, I'm going to laugh because he just said, you know, like. Honestly. Because I think you're good at social media. I, I'm, I'm great at social media, but I'm, I'm you know, what's my best? Everything. I, is, so I'll, I'll say, the reason why I'm going to say that is because people ask me what's my best dish. I tell them the dish I've never created yet because I don't like doing repeats. If I had a bologna sandwich, I'm going to make that motherfucker look good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you do. I, ain't I haven't had a bologna sandwich You know what? You won't even know it. That's the crazy thing yeah. about it. I, I've had kids, like kids, who say, I don't eat vegetables, and they tear the hell up out of vegetables that don't know they're eating. You know why I'm not going you know to eat it? Because I've never eaten it. anything you cook. Is what, is, what is in bologna? A bunch of shit. It is a bunch <laughs> yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. It is a bunch of is shit. Is that like spam or? It's worse. <laughs> what, what's the worst thing for you? Is spam Ooh, or um, is uh, hash really bad for you? Hash is really, it's, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. If you ain't cooking and brewing shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always there's two things I won't eat. Bologna and a hot dog. I always wondered what dog. the worst, oh. what's the worst? Yeah, hot dog. Yeah, hot dog. 
good. No, it was a I used to eat ten so, hot dogs at a time. But oh it's just it's just rolled up baloney. I know there was this place called Hot Dog <laughs> Annie's, and they would butter the buns and. You'd put all these toppings on the hot dogs, and you'd buy it. was like five for whatever. And but, but, but there's two. a difference. Were they like the baseball ones where it's actually No, meat? no. It was just like, like a the little, Oscar Mayer? I mean, yeah, it was this big. So uh, no, it was like it. a butter um, grease thing, you know? Now, I'll tell you a secret about that, right? Is <laughs> Seriously. Never eat a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. But if you did... FDA allow allotment. Everybody looks at the back of the cans, the back of this, and they say FDA allotment, the FDA blah, 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 and so forth. FDA will allow X amount of, here in the U.S., <laughs> we have the least strict FDA rules than any other country. I'm sure. Like, when I say they could, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing, they can allow 20% of a foreign substance inside of a, a product or 10% of a substance. Foreign substance means anything from rats to air to feces to F, Y, and Z and so forth and calls and, and call it not harmful. Not, not you, you, know, you know what's coming from this? <laughs> Chef Russ said there's shit in our food. No. Yes, he did. Yes, I we got said, it. I said a foreign <laughs> substance. He's thinking to himself right now because he has the worst diet of anyone in this so table. Yes. <laughs> he just had three protein bars in a row. Oh my God. I haven't eaten anything today. So. Two energy drinks and three protein bars. Perfect. And you don't eat bologna. Yeah. <laughs> but you won't eat bologna. Bologna's disgusting. That's bologna. He's every day at Teal text me. What kind of shit did you eat today? I'm like, chicken and rice. Must have been shit. But you just said there's legitimate shit in our food. Hey, yeah, I, this I, one's not I getting monetized. <laughs> <laughs> from the FDA, sorry, yep. FDA. We're going to get an email from the FDA. <laughs> no, They're taking us down. <laughs> they know where you live. They you, not me. Okay, well, who has the healthiest? Who has the best? Well, this, it's different in different countries, right? You cooked all over the world. So, yeah. like, where's the cleanest food? Uh, you know, I don't know about the cleanest food, but, you know, there's a lot of people. So, I'm, I'm a culture guy. I mean, I'm going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah. I What's the best culture to eat in? Ooh, I just left Korea. I'm getting ready to go back next month. Uh, love Korea, love Asian. I was in Brazil with the, the president over there. Love Brazilian food. Love Argentina. I mean, Argentinian. Argentinian. I, I eat so many different places. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll take a. You know what Cipro is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Cipro, I'll Cipro the hell out of shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You said you were talking about this in India. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, gotta, you better yeah, yeah. take Cipro. Yeah, you got to take or Cipro. you're going to be shit in flames for a week. You know, and I love it, but I was Cipro the hell. But I <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I don't even want to get into that story. Oh, Anytime Cip someone goes to what? India, I'm like, you better have some Cipro. Do you go to India? Or? I've, I've, I've gone. I, I Actually, I have a huge audience over in India, uh, over in Brazil over in Korea I went viral a few times over those things where I still keep it uh, even Japan and then the thing about it is when you go viral in like different countries you know when I went viral in Korea it was from some guys that came here and did some content with me and then I had posters all over Korea so I was like you know what I'm going to Korea and I went there with uh, it was a uh, Heidi and um, Iris was there yeah. for a day I stayed there for like 12 days and just ate all of Korea and you know what the funny part about it was? They were like, oh, my God, Chef, we appreciate you coming here and eating our food, you know, with the expressions and all that. And you show love to each one. That's very important for the culture. No, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very, I very love, important. I mean, I've been traveling around the world for years, and one of my most favorite things to do is when you go to a, a culture you've never been to, I don't want to eat the stuff that I know. Exactly. Show me something you haven't had. The, exactly. You know, it's the most unique thing I've ever had that would not sound good, 
but it is, and it's only in, I've only seen it in Singapore, is when you get the chili crab. Ooh, it's chili crab. an actual chili, like chili, <sighs> like our parents, maybe our kids, and then really high-end crab, and it's mixed in. And you'd think, like, that's disgusting. And they got, it gets all over you. You look like, mm. a, like a three-year-old eating. It is the, one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. For some reason, the way the, the, the chili and the crab mix Ma- as you together. mix it, mm. it, it does, it's, you can't describe what it tastes like. And the first time I was like, man, that's going to be terrible. Why, why would you take oh, crab and put chili? Why would you ruin it? And it's unbelievable. You, you know, it, one of the other things I'll say about that is in cultural food is uh, the cultural itself, the culture itself. You know, I go to people like, I, I go to Addis Ababa, I go to Ethiopia, and, you know, we have, you know, the injera, and you have all this stuff with Barari, all the things together, and you eat with your hands, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come with, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coffee guy, so they'll come with the Buna. Buna is, they do traditional coffee that they drip it out, and they put the little sentence thing, they'll go around you, and you have to smell it, and they'll drip it out, and you taste it, and it was just like, you get that whole experience that you evolve yeah. into another culture, and understand what they're feeling, and how they feel. Here in, in the U.S., U.S. today is all about Michelin five star. You get it. Oh, it's pretty. Let's take a picture of it. Let's put it on. Oh my God, it tastes good. And it was five thousand dollars, and Chef Rush created it because <laughs> yeah, it cost yeah. five grand. But you know, I'm gonna have heart in it. But at the same time, it's like you got to think about it. It's like I don't care about how good the food looks or how good it tastes. I want that person that's giving it to me to have that same personal touch with it to go along with it. Don't just take my money. Take my heart to go along with that. I remember we went to Kuwait that first time. We went out to eat yeah. with the whole group, and they brought these platters out there, probably three feet across, and you eat with your hands. Yeah, everyone. Yep. You share. Everyone shares. Everyone's a big family, and you just we kind of sat in. like with no chairs, right? Yeah, it was. It, was, like a, it was a huge table. Or something. Or? Uh, Roly was there. Rami yeah. was there. This was back in 2015. Oh, 2016. Long time ago. Yeah. yeah, and Ashkenani Marie sat next to me, and there was the whole crew. And we just ate traditionally, and then they had fireplaces where you could sit around around the this oh, restaurant. So I love that. It was it was a really it was a unique experience. Exactly. And a, and a lot of you know a lot of Americans don't travel around the world, and if they do, they won't try these things, and you're it, missing out on something. It, it becomes so westernized. Yep. You know, I use the word westernized because they want to go to the same hotel, eat the same thing with the same non-cultural foods. You know, in a place of of vibrancy and you know so many different things I'm, I'm like you and like jay I'll, I'll go behind the scenes and just dig out and just and, and go dirt deep mm-hmm. i did that when i first moved to uh, hong kong we used to always go find the little hole in the wall spots and just get the traditional local manganese food in macau the local food in hong kong not and a lot of it has a lot of brit in hong kong a lot of british uh, influence mm, yeah, so a lot course, of beans yeah. and yeah, stuff exactly. with everything so it's like an asian in British kind of mix, or in Macau, it's it's Portuguese and, and Asian mix because Macau is a territory Macau, of Portugal until yep, yep. 1999. Mm, so true. I love that, like, when you get these just kind of fusions of different different cultures and some dish comes up that you're not going to get anywhere else but that community. You know, it's funny you said that because now if you take that culture over here and you do it and you put it on social media, you're going to have people like, Peter, <laughs> of course, yeah. you're gonna have that. You know, I, you know, it's funny because I did a recently. I did a a um, a pizza with a co- um, grasshoppers, right? Granulated grasshoppers. I said grasshopper crook pizza. You know, did a pizza, made it all fun. Put on. I said by no rings is not promoting grasshoppers or crickets or whatever, whatever, and so forth. 
in the military, you know, you when you go to training, you you eat bugs, eat bugs for sustainment. I, I call myself. Uh, people ask me about the best food or whatever. I call what I, I have this thing I call disassociated palate. If I know I'm eating shit, my palate says you're gonna eat shit. Yeah. If I know I'm eating high end, when people say, "Oh, chef, I try this play out," my palate engages, and I'm thinking I'm getting this wonderful food that may I may or may not like. But the thing about it is now is that. <clears throat> With me having that, I, I listened, I saw the comments, and people were trying to diverse it. Oh, here we go. Somebody's trying to com- promote crookets or uh, or this yeah. or that. And it's not about that. People got to stop thinking in their own heads and think about different culture, different people. It's normal in other it, places. It, it's normal that could be the people. only thing they could eat. You know, everybody wants that. Everybody has a voice now. Everybody has a voice where you say, well, won't you make a vegan stuff? Why are you always eating this meat? Because I eat meat. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to stop eating meat because you one person If you don't like that. it, don't eat it. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. It's, it's, I have no opinion to what you figure how you I'm the type of person is I won't go anybody's social media and care about anything else they're doing unless they're if they're not harming anyone killing anyone doing something that's gonna affect me eternally even I don't I don't I just don't do I do no divide I don't talk about left I don't talk about right I don't talk about religions I have my own but that's your personal thing that's my personal thing so you know how you don't judge people I I don't judge I don't I don't judge I don't I don't judge when I say I don't judge is that You have a first impression, of course. If you see a big black guy, you don't say that's a big black guy. You see a skinny white guy or a skinny Asian guy or a tall guy, you're gonna set it in your head, but it doesn't mean it's judgment. It's just yeah. it's a perception of it. I think I think people that have have a more worldly view that have traveled around understand that. It's true. They but are. unfortunately there's not a lot of people that do not it. Not a lot of people, yeah. yeah. Because people people here that haven't traveled they kind of they only know what they can see local to them. Exactly. And they haven't gotten out there and realized that, you know, I remember the first time I went to to China, one of my relatives was like, "Oh my god, you're going to communist China. They're going to do this, <laughs> this this and this to you." And you and you get there and you're like, they're they're people just like us. They're families that want their kids to do better than they did. They want happy they, they want the same things. It's like there, there's good people everywhere. There's bad people. I don't, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care. It don't matter. Just be a good person. You know, the thing about it is now caveat, and I say, even if you have a bad person, you can't judge a whole community off of one bad person. No. Even if it's 100 no. and it's 10 of them that's bad, that's 10 out of 100. Don't try to criticize the whole entire race or culture or nature just because of that now. It's just you know, what one, one thing I noticed, and, and I'm sure some people get ruffled me saying this, but... When you go to the Middle East, a lot of Americans assume yeah. because they, they, they assume bad people over there. And when you go spend time in the Middle East, you realize that the people there are the, some of the most genuine, loving, protective, great people. When we go it's to the Middle East. It's one of the safest places. They're too. so safe. It, it and is. they roll yeah, the yeah. red carpet out yeah. for you like nowhere else. You are so when you're there, you are yep. there. You are their guest. You are their brother. You are their family while you're there. But people that have never gone there don't understand that. They see something in the movies and assume bad people, but it's not like that. And that's unfortunate. You know, we, we do that on social, we do that on movies, and then we kind of adapt that. You know, we just kind of say, you know, it's like going into the ghetto. I mean, I'll use even use my, my culture of black. You know, black, you know, this guy's aggressive. This, You know, I do my funny things with aggressive cooking and whatnot. Everybody knows I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great guy. In, inside, I'll be honest with you, I, I am pretty aggressive. I mean, I have to be. Because I've been in those situations in the military and in life. I've seen a lot of bad stuff. I've had a lot of bad stuff. I've had, I have PTSD. 
you know, I am a product of my environment. This is what PTSD looks like. You know, am I weighing on it? Am I trying to use it as a caveat or something? It's just my reality. I'm not going to be able to get out of that. I've had good things happen to me. I had bad things happen to me. The last time I've cried was last night. The next time I cry may be tonight or tomorrow. That doesn't mean I'm sad. That doesn't mean I'm angry. It's my release. It's how I deal with certain things. Yeah, that's true. I, I say that a lot when, <clears throat> when you have when you see someone that has a certain opinion about yeah. something and people get ruffled about it. And I've always looked at it like I, I haven't walked in that person's shoes. Their life experience is different than mine. They grew up differently. They had different environment around them. And their view of something is coming different than what mine is. So sometimes you have to remove yourself from the shoes you walked in and realize that the person right there has a different experience than you. And maybe that's why they have a different opinion than that's you. true. But it's good to at least... Listen to it, absorb it, and understand where they're coming from. True. You don't have to agree or disagree, but you can at least say, I disagree, but I understand why you feel that way because of your life experience. Chef, do you feel like when you're in a room like, <clears throat> with your peers, do you feel like you intimidate people a little bit? Like because of your size? I have. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Some of the most unexpected people I've done that to. When I say unexpected. But you're a nice guy. Like I've seen you at the expos and I watch you you know, engage with people that follow you and your fans. Like, you're very inviting. I never looked at intimidating. I mean, we joke about your arms, right? Yeah, no, but, no, no, of course. But, you know, being, you know, talking about a little bit of your past, do you feel like you invite people, your friend, like if you walk into a room and people, you notice like kind of whispers or you, you see reactive, how do you handle people like that? Do you, do you engage or do you stand back? No, nope. is the question. I, I engage. I I, I do. It's it funny because when I was getting on the elevator to come downstairs uh, today. Uh, the door stopped at the floor, and this gentleman, I was like, "Come on in." It was like, "No, no, 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 no." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, get your butt up in here." <laughs> I'm like, "Get your butt up in here." <laughs> I'm like, "You made it sound like somebody was going to hurt me or something." <laughs> you know, I've, I've been another. I was in the, in the elevator with a woman. A uh, little small white lady, and she got in, and she's like, "Oh my!" She's like, I, "I think I might be a little scared of you." And I was like, "Ma'am, let me tell you something." I said, "If anything went down, I'm the one person you would want to yeah, be here yeah. with." <laughs> <laughs> and she smiled. I'm like, "I got your back," <laughs> you know. And you know, you you can't help that people have their own nature, their own opinion, and it could be things they saw or something that happened to them, like you said, Matt, in their personal life. It may be a color, culture, religion, or something that happened. And sometimes it just happened because people are just bullies. I've had a lot. I was, I was bullied as a kid. I told you I was a extreme introvert. Even though I was strong as an ox and all that shit, people still said, oh, he's not going to fight back. You know, until I fought back and then I broke somebody real because I hit him one time because my mom said hit him. And then she was like, okay, I take that back. Don't, Don't ever hit, hit anybody else again. <laughs> Don't ever hit anybody else again. <laughs> so, so obviously you're, uh, you have a, a bodybuilder physique. What got you into that? And have you ever competed? So I um um I I'm I'm a combative guy also. I love I love to fight. If people don't know that they think that muscles don't win um fights, but it sure does help a lot. <laughs> 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 they don't get that part of it. You know, it's just like Jay being very flexible, yeah. keeping up on your part. You're not you're it. not in a twelve round boxing match where it matters. It's a <laughs> yeah. short start. I I can go I can go a distance. Uh and I, I make sure of that. You know, in, in the military we had to train that way. I've always been a fan of physical fitness. Like I said, in Mississippi back there, there was no role models whatsoever. I mean, it was school and it was me working my butt off 
trying to play and I also helped my family. I'm not gonna lie, even at a young age because I just felt that way. You know, even when I was older, I just wanted to do everything to help and give back to my family because it was a tight knit community or anybody else that along with it. And my brother was in the Navy. He left and one day, um, like I said, he was much older. He was in the Navy, I was still a kid and he left a book uh, at home and I saw it. And when he went back to the Navy, um, I kept the book. <laughs> he didn't know it. <laughs> he still doesn't know it to this day. It was on a encyclopedia. Like, it was on an encyclopedia. And I looked at that book. I didn't read any that, part of it. That must have been the original one. It, it was, was the original day. one. Yeah, it was the original one. It was an encyclopedia. And I had no idea. I knew who Arnold was, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, but I knew anything about it. I just looked at the pictures. I didn't read anything about it. And then I was like, I have none of this equipment. <laughs> Got shit. <laughs> But I'm like, I ain't got none of this. So I uh, started doing the push-ups, started doing other stuff, and started improvising to make things my own. And then later on, I started reading the book, understanding stuff, and realized that, and I'll be honest with you, my body was, I learned my body at a very early age. Uh, I, it talked to me. I learned how to grow, how to do this. I would have that summer body in a couple in a, a couple months, and then I would stop, and then I would let it go, and then come back, and my body was just very good to me, and I I, I learned that, and then later on, as it went through, when I went into the military, I just started adapting a new J and running and this person, that person, and just kind of following that whole career, just from afar, from a, a love of distance. But my life in the military and what I did was very vastly different. So I didn't have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things. Did you, but you never competed? No, no, no. I never, I never competed. Did you want to? Um, someone asked me that question. And um, I, I, I said, um, I, you know, and a part of me did. And another part of me was like, you know, I already won. You know, I, I've done so many different things that because like, 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 like culinary, competing with me would just be competing against myself. So just like Jay said, and like, what's my level? I'm still competing with myself every day. You know, another 10 years, we'll still look the same. You know, people can't say that. They do. They go through those phases where they competed, and all of a sudden, like, ah, I'm done now, and now the body's settled, and here's where you are. Here's, what, here's, your, here's your foundation. I want my foundation to be steadfast. Now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I'm going to tell you it will be. Is this difficult for you to maintain this body? For me to maintain, because you travel a lot, it it is. Like it, if I asked you how many meals you ate today, uh, today only three. And what it, what's the and goal daily? The goal daily is uh, to get tried get trifecta eat as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh oh, you, I'm think, running you that. think you think five meals or six meals? Uh, if I if or if four if if I could do it, I would do six meals. If I could do what it, what do you think is the average you eat though? The average, as far as meals wise, yeah, three or four. Um, probably about four. Uh, and and when I say four, they're not complete meals, or they may be kind of a, a adjustment and so forth. Um, not like I want them to be. It, my travel is really crazy right now. I did over five hundred thousand miles last year, and you say, oh, I get to schedule, schedule, but, but I'm also controlling my whole destiny. I'm my own person. I answer all my emails. I run my social media myself. I do all my content myself. I do everything myself. Shout out to what airline? What's, who's your preferred? Uh, American is my number one airline. Okay. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> American and Delta, of course. I Second pile of garbage. <laughs> we I'm use United. Listen. You know. So, no, no, no. I, so, I would, let me caveat. Let me caveat. You know what I love about United? My first time 
when I flew, I fell in love with United flagship. They have the most flagships anywhere. American has a couple of them, but United is stacked with them. I love United. Only reason I didn't use United, United at the time because they didn't go everywhere I wanted to go. Yeah. So that was the only reason why I didn't use United. But if I get a chance to go, I use United. The good thing, like for us, the reason we do is you can pretty much get anywhere in the world now with one layover from here. So <laughs> now, that, now that they have flights going to the Middle East from New Jersey – you can get to South America from three different places in the United States. You can get, oh, we go to San Francisco. You can get anywhere in Asia, anywhere in Europe from Chicago. Yeah, he's York. a master of airlines, see, see, by I, the see, way. Oh, he, I didn't know that. See, I didn't know if that. You, if you want to learn, he's like, <laughs> but, uh, you can take a course with I'm Matt trying, I'm trying to get. He'll I'm, tell you the angle and the, 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 <laughs> the seat position, exactly the, exactly the degree. Yes. Listen, listen I've, been no, flying for, funny, <laughs> I've been flying for a very long time. And when people are like, I'm going to book your flight. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm He'll like, tell you the difference between 2A and 4C. Yep. <laughs> 2A, your knees, is, 2A is half class. Your knee is going to touch the seat. It's going to touch the seat. <laughs> but no, I'm trying to get um, to like just buy a private plane. Yeah, see, we don't have to deal with it. Yes, there you go. Or you could buy one and let us use it. Nah, yeah. I, well, you could buy one and let me use it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got something working on. I'm not going to talk about it, but there's going to be a plane here soon. All right, I'm so say so that. we talked about this. So White House. Yes. How did this happen? Because um, I'm pretty sure someone doesn't just say, hey, man, no, 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 it's, it's, it's not on Craigslist. It's not anything. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, you know. What are Angie's list? Yeah. <laughs> Angie's list. Is it still an ex- exist? Okay, no. <laughs> but uh, long story about that was, you know, I told you a story about my dad said there's someone that always wants you to fail. So the person that <clears throat> tried, when I got to, when I tried out to come to D.C. Um, for a job, the, there was a person who was in the military, in the army, amazing chef, great chef, has cooked all over the world, and Olympic, Olympic, all that. For some reason, it's when I first going to Joint Forces. Joint Forces means Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard. You're joint. Usually, if you're on a basis with yeah. your Army, with your Navy, Air Force, whatever, whatever. So I went to Joint Forces, and uh, I had the Navy guy. This was a Navy guy. Um, and shout out to Navy. Some of them, some of them I just don't. <laughs> but Navy is Navy. I love my Navy guys. Anyway, he, um, I tried out, and this guy told them not to hire me. I was a young kid. Now, mind you, I was very raw. I was very, I was the type of person, I'll be very honest with you, I did not kiss anybody's ass. I was very non-political. I'm not going to kiss your ass. A grown man, a woman, I didn't even work with women. Females, a lot like that. But a man, I am not, I'm going to do my job, Mm -hmm. but don't make me feel like I have to kiss your ass. So That's a good life in general. Yeah, it is true. Period. So when I get around people like that, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I gotta get, away. I gotta get away from this person. I gotta get away. I, I hate suck ups. I hate this. I just, I've never done it. I never will do it until this very day. I've never even take pictures. You know, I mean, if I saw you, I'd be like, hey, Jay, come on in. You know, I'm admire you, but you know, that's just, it's just my like the man code I have in me. Long story short, was this guy said no. The Navy officer said, get him here now. He worked his butt off. He deserves to be here. I got there. I'm in the Pentagon. Uh, I think I told you guys I was in the Pentagon when the plane hit. Did I tell you that? No. Okay. So that's another story. But um, well, well, tell us. Well, I'll tell you this word first. Okay. <laughs> so long story <laughs> I'm like, short. Well, I want to hear that. <laughs> so, Don't forget. <laughs> long story short was uh, he got me there. And when I was there, he was very distant towards me. I didn't know why. He just was distant. He was on the army. I was excited to work with him, thinking I'm going to learn stuff because I had to learn stuff on my own. And I realized he wanted me to, like, suck up to him. And I'm like, hey, chef, I can't. I'm not going to kiss your ass. I just need to do my job. 
And um, he was like, okay. Long story short was one day we were doing something for some royalty, and he did this cake that I fell in love with called a puzzle cake. This cake was so intricate. I like fell in love with pastries. He used to do it all the time. He never showed me, but I used to watch him. I used to watch him. And the one time he did this, he failed. He tried to get it out to cut it, and it just fell apart. I mean, when I say food can save lives and end lives and start wars and end wars, this is one of those times because food really is morale, especially if you like at the White House or at something that's big or whatnot. And when he cut it, he just panicked. And the master chief that was there looked at me. I'm a young kid. He says, he called me an arm and hammer for some reason. And uh, he said, can you fix this? Without hesitation, I said, yes. This cake takes two days to fix. I went down to the mezzanine, begged them for frozen cakes, went up, made ganache, made praline cream, made uh, whipped cream, made all this stuff, put it together, cut it at a 90 degree angle, put the thing together, put it in a, a flash freezer, had about five minutes, just like a movie, cut the cake, came out perfectly. And he said to the guy who had been in for over 20 years and I had been in for, you know, a couple years, he said, he just shaved your ass, just saved you. When he did that, the guy looked, he um, put his head down. He said, great job, chef. I'm going to take you somewhere next week. He took me over to the White House. I was over the Blair, and he said, I'll get you in, but you got to do the rest. I got in, and the rest is history. And how long were you there for? A long time. (laughs) (laughs) A long time. Uh, Of course, also, um, one of my things. How many presidents? Uh, Four presidents. Four presidents. A long time. Yeah. You know, with serving, service, and um, been in the military, one of my things that I have a deep passion for is is to serve. I will volunteer to go anywhere that is somewhere people don't want it for, like Iraq or Afghanistan or go over and do things or volunteer to do something that is kind of unorthodox. It was always embedded in me. I was always a, a just a dirt, when I say dirty person, like I would go in the dirt and I'm okay with that. So I'm going to ask this just because I have to, because if I don't, I feel like just have to so tell me <laughs> which presidents were any of them like cool to hang out with or were some more distant or i mean don't you don't say anything well, negative I, but i mean i mean everybody's cool with me who wouldn't be cool with me i mean I'm sure. well no they could be cool to you or they could be a dick to the person next to you <laughs> well okay i can't answer that question <laughs> that's true you know what i mean you know some people are just are just cool <laughs> well, some people you know, are you know, who's the easiest one to cook for let's ask say yeah, question who who was who wanted the to cook most for? simple yeah. stuff the simplest stuff? Yeah. <laughs> the simplest stuff would be President Trump. Okay. The simplest. Yeah. The simplest. Just want, yeah, because not everybody wants, nope. some people nope. just he, want he, something he, simple. He, a palette very simple. Very, yeah. very, very, very simple. That, when he was in, that's one of the reasons why I actually um, I came to uh, L.A., moved, got my place in L.A. as well. Because of Trump? Yeah, because he it wasn't a lot going on on that part of it. When they, each administration comes in, everything changes. You know, the, 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 the service, literally overnight. When it comes, when the old one passes, it's dead. New one's in, remember everything that's new, nothing old. So what happens in the middle of the night when the president wants a sandwich? Um, he better <laughs> go ahead and get it. Maybe a sandwich. <laughs> so I'll tell you, Kibik, that uh, a little nitpick that no one, a lot of people don't know, that the president actually has to pay for their own food. Yes, they do. They have to pay for all their food. What do you unless, mean? Unless it's, unless, Governors do too. Unless, yeah. unless it's an official. Unless it's like a state dinner or anything? Yeah. yeah. They get billed for it. Really? And it's a lot. I don't, I don't know the cost. Yeah, I just well, rem- I remember re- I remember that from I remember that from uh from uh, social studies. <laughs> Let <laughs> the, me ask the, you this in the White House kitchen, what is the most unique thing they have that most don't? Anything? No. 
It's very bait, very bait. <laughs> no, cooking is cooking. Huh? No, it's it's small. I mean, you pass by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very small. Everything is kind of serviced out. Uh, it's the White House. It's built. It's a it's a very old house. I mean, I can barely yeah. fit in the stairs going downstairs. <laughs> it's like those round circles where you go in, and I gotta stay like this, and and each step is like right in front of each other, you know. So if you're going down, it's like ah, I'm gonna get stuck one day. I know I would get stuck now. <laughs> yeah. And when I think when you saw me, I was like at least about three hundred pounds uh, or so. Yeah, which is crazy because so so what now you weigh what? I uh, like two eighty something like that. All right, the pe- the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the Pentagon. Uh, nine eleven, uh, and undoubtedly one of the worst days in history. You know, besides you know our past tense. You know, in the twentieth century. Um, Where were you? You know this exact moment when you got the. Alert. Uh, I was in a radius uh, of it, right? Uh, didn't know anything about, you know, um, the other thing. Well, I knew some about it, but it, it, to be honest with you, nobody thought anything about it. You know, when it first came out, it was just like a, a plane accidentally, you know, yeah. hit, um, you know, one of the towers. And so that's forth. what I heard too, yeah. Yeah, so accidentally. And then when that happened, um, it hit and. So let me clear up something. It, it, it wasn't a missile. It wasn't. It, it wasn't us. It, you know, every, all the conspiracy theories that came out. It was actually a plane. Uh, the crazy thing about that is, to put it in perspective, is the next day, the very next day, the media did an outlay demographically of the Pentagon, and they put it on paper. They show where the plane hit, but. At the same time, it hit over here, um, and all of our leaders, all of our leaders, I won't call out, were right on top of each other because it made it convenient because it's the Pentagon. You know how big the Pentagon is? So it's like, I think it's the biggest office building in America. It, it, it is. And, and, you know, Secretary of the Army, Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Navy, everybody was stacked on top of each other. It made it conven- convenient because you're just going up to a, another area to see them when that happened, the media showed it, they had to spread them out all over the Pentagon. So instead of being, you know, going, you know, a, you know, three minute walk, now you have a, a 15 minute walk, you know, or a 20 minute walk or a 30 minute walk, just so you can do it in perspective. So when it hit, uh, I got in the radius of it, uh, which if you see me coughing a lot. So when that happened, I got equivalent to say 10,000 cigarettes me smoking at one time. For that first year, I couldn't breathe. Like I have, I had complete like CPOD, CPOD. I had a lot of stuff to happen, had to relearn a lot of different things. It was just, it was just, you know, with um, um, asbestos and all this other different thing to happen. It was just horrific. I also volunteered to do stuff that, um, like I said, I was very entangled and twined with, support and doing stuff that uh, a lot of people wouldn't want to do, you know, for service. Uh, so I helped do cleanups and some other things that happened along with that. Um, I, was, I remember the next day also, Donald Trump was in, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Duns Rumfields was in um, Secretary of Defense. Yep. And he went on state, went on news and he told everybody, hey, everybody's coming back to work the next day, we're not going to let them win. And, you know, it was funny because I, I, I didn't agree with that statement uh, at the time because I was like, people have lost so many. I lost yeah. some of my gym buddies, a lot of, actually, a, a few of my gym buddies. I lost some friends that were close to me. 
And the crazy thing about it is last year I trained with the, um, the POAC, the, 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 the police department, squad team, all that. One of the guys from there called me and I hadn't talked to him in all that time. You, you talk about, you know, 20 years, uh, a very long time, well, whatever it was, a, a very long time. And he said, Chef, I need help. He's like, I can't get out of my head. He's like, my wife, I'm, I'm losing it. I am, I'm in trouble. It was like the Pentagon, I've tried to get help from someone. Yep. And, uh, and you think about, he was talking like it happened yesterday. And I know that because it was the same time that I had lost as well. And I tried to combat it with cooking, you know, as my, my coping tool. And coming up with some different things or going to the gym and, and masking it. But I couldn't go to the gym every day, but I could cook every day. And sometimes you just get to the point where it's just, it's just overwhelming, where you just feel lost and, and, and helpless. And um, I remember they said, if you need any help, Go talk to, we're going to have some therapists. We're going to have some people coming over. They say therapists. Come some people come over you can talk to. I went to my supervisor, and I said, after talking to all these guys from the um, a police department that was helping and, you know, doing cleanup, they said, hey, we get some help. You should go do the same thing. I went to them, and I said, hey, I think I need some help. I need to talk to someone. And he looked at me, and he said, do you like your job? And I looked, and I said, Roger. And I walked away. <laughs> and then fast forward, it was a buildup until one of my generals, after coming my last trip back from Iraq, which is in 2017, 17 when I came back from Iraq, my last trip, I was at West Point in New York, and he called me to his office, and he said, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm done fine, sir. What, what's going on? He said, uh, it's that time. And I looked at him, and I was like, that time? And I... I already knew what he was talking about because, like I said, I was, I was a big guy yeah. and I was pretty aggressive. And he said, it's, it's, it's that time. And I was like, time for what, sir? He was like, you know. He said, you've served your country diligently. Now it's time for us to serve you. And I, was, I got up off the dress and I was like, do you know, you, what are you talking about? Sir? I'm like, you know who I am? I said, you know what I've done? I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he just sat there looking at me like you and he just didn't say one word. And um, I walked out, got a call. From the chief of staff, and he said, you got an appointment at therapy uh, the next day. I hung up, went there, saw the therapist, one ear and out the other. I was walking out. As I was walking out, I went past this uh, soft cap. A soft cap is this big guy, you know, who's the military. You know he did combat. And we looked at each other and put our heads down and kind of like, you know, glanced. I went to the elevator. He went to the desk, and he turned around, and he ran back up to me. And he looked at me. He said, brother... If you're here, I know I need to be here. And from that, I just got chills, like even now. And we embraced each other. And from there, I'm like, I know what I need to do. That was the end of it. And I'm still doing it. You're still affected on a regular basis? <clears throat> of course I am. I mean, affected, but I'm, 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 I do most so by spreading what I do and how I do and let everybody know. Only problem with that is that everybody in the military has their own perspective of what they did. Here is the truth of the matter is that 
I don't care if you swept a floor. I don't care what the fuck your job was. You could be the desk jockey. Nobody is more special than anybody else. Everybody is affected differently. When they say they have PTSD or mental wellness or emotional distress or depression or however, don't say, what's your job? What did you do? Oh, I was a, um, I was a housekeeper. Well, how the hell can you? You don't know what that person's going through. Everyone what been processes through. information. Everybody processes things differently. Everybody wants to be like, well, I did this and I did that. I don't give a shit what you did. I give a shit of what you're doing right now. So if you did something in the past tense, what are you doing right now besides telling the story? Now, to each his own, I, I honor each and every person, but at the same time is everybody deserves the same respect from everybody else. How important is your message today? Like, how, how like, do you feel your voice is, like, really made a mark in everything that you do? Because um, you were involved in so many charities. I am. A lot of charities. Like, I mean, I don't even think we can list them all, right? I mean, no, you, you can't. I, I couldn't even. If you, if I told you, you wouldn't even. I, it's a lot. You know, it's funny. Um, just today, I was talking to my lawyer. Uh, somebody, everybody wants to ride your coattail. Everybody wants to ride your coattail. Of course. And and then it's crazy because, like I said, I'll never go and talk to anyone or be anyone. Someone said something. I'm doing a campaign for a nonprofit, and some person. Uh, in the Navy reached out and said who completely lied on me and said oh, Chef, did he, you know, he did this and he did this and this and this and I'm like what the hell I actually knew this guy from four years ago he wanted me to get some people to help him open a restaurant he wanted me to help him get a TV show and I'm like I'm not done with you and he went back and he's trying to capitalize off of the things I've done and he sent on a message to them that I, I am affecting hundreds of veterans because of what I did. And I'm like, what is this guy? And it was surprising to me because I've never, I've, I don't understand how people are like that. I, I, was, I, I remember was, what your dad told you. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know, but I can never see my own self doing it. Like I said, if you're not, I don't, if, if, if you're in the military and I was in the military and you're making $10 million a day, whoop de do. I give a shit about what you do. I don't care whether you're doing it for good or bad. People say, oh, you should be doing this with your money. I don't care what you do with your money. It's your money. That's why it's your money because the government's going to take it from you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Someone's going to get it one day. <laughs> it's yeah. it ain't anyway. yours. You're just it, holding on not, to it for a time. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's just funny to me. My message is to everybody to just think and process for one second before you open your mouth. Think about your kids or if that was the other way around. Everybody wants to think of something. Um, you know, I told you recently, um, I, uh, unfortunately, I lost my uh, a daughter, uh, 11 years old. Um, and I wasn't even going to say this today. Uh, daughter, 11 years old, uh, she lost her five-year-old brother, her six-year-old brother, and also another military member. And that happened from the hands of their father, who was a military veteran, and her stepfather. And I had to hear about it at 3 o'clock in the morning, going to another event to do something that I love. And I cried my ass off. I had to process this and say why and how and so many different things. And it, this is recent, in the last two months. I remember you talking about this the other day. And uh, it was something that... To this day, I still don't know, but you know, I know it's uh, uh, you know, especially after Eric, and then I had some other things happen, and then this happened, which was just five people lost their life that day for no reason whatsoever. Um, 
And um, I do know that they say when it says he makes no mistakes and everything happens for a reason. And like my mother told me, and when she passed away, I tried to shut down. And I know if I stopped, I, I, I did stop that one time. And I remember after that time before my mother that I sat on the couch and I said, I'll get up tomorrow. Tomorrow turned to a week and then a month and then a year I was still on that couch. And then I finally got out of it because I threw away all my pills. Literally, I had a, a moment of incense and I, I threw away all my pills. And so this time with this one, I wanted to do the exact same thing. But I remembered, I remembered her, I remember her, her brothers. I remember that, uh, that sort of major that was killed as well. And the, the, her father also committed suicide. He didn't murder suicide. So he killed everyone and did himself. And uh, I had to process, I, I'm having to process that and how to say that because I know how evil people can be. They can use what I'm saying right now is as a conduit to destroy. Like even with Eric, when mm-hmm. it happened, someone said, how did you deal with that knowing that you do this and he did X, Y, and Z? From a person I know, people can be people, whoever they are. And so it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's a whole different world. It's a different, it's different thing. So the message I say today is absolutely 100% my livelihood of saying my, my whole entity and my being. So let's, on, on, a, on a positive tip, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about this because no, I know we spoke about it recently. Um, on a positive tip, you became this famous chef. And now you're all over the TV with TV shows and making appearances on Good Morning America, whatever else, like... <laughs> Tell us about this, because this it's like it's like you had this you had this career and then once you got out, you're reborn and now you are everywhere. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Um and you know what? Like I said, this is a, a product of PTSD and extreme introvert. Uh Good Morning America, of course I've done a million of those from I've done everything. And I said, you know, arbitrarily because I have. And it's like it's it means Everything I've done, Dis- I have a Disney show out where I'm a judge for ice carving, a snow carving competition, and uh, of course, I uh, Master Chef starts tonight where uh, Gordon Ramsay, which I'm uh, doing a special edition where they honor veterans, and I'm one of the guest judges, so I have some fun with that coming up. It's not tonight, but it'll be coming up uh, one of the episodes, and I'll find out when. And I have my own show that Gordon Ramsay produced called Kitchen Commando, which uh, was on Tubi that did number one. That was an amazing show that he actually let me put in. The one thing that I said when I started doing this, and you know, my guys in LA said, Chef, how did you come here and get all these roles and do all these different things and you've never taken an acting class? You've never done anything. You've never taken the speaking classes. You've never <laughs> taken an acting class. You never did this. And I say to you, I said, if, and I, you know, I'm gonna say God because I'm, I'm religious, but I'll say to each and every person, whatever you believe in, how you believe, but for me, it's that. It's that. I say, if he gives you an opportunity to speak, one, you're going to do it. you got to speak. He said, you need to speak. I'm not going to go, I'm shy. I can't do it. I can't do it. I had to have a voice. I fuck being an introvert. You have to say a message. It's from you to say it. And then if you get an opportunity to go in and do a show, you got to do it. you got to smash it. you got to smash it. And, and believe me, when I did that show, everybody thought I had done it forever. They were like, chef, yeah, you, you it's like, even all people are like, man, how many shows have you done? 
I was like, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna tell you because they'll change your perspective. Yeah, of I'm, course, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I was killing it. I was killing it. It got rave reviews, and people was just even today like, when's when the second season coming out? When it's coming out, man. Thank you, thank you. But the great part about it was with, with Gordon Ramsay, which I appreciated. He let me put my own twist to it. I used the military kitchen commando. I put my camouflage on. I put structure in. I put community. I went and brought in service dogs and doing you know kids with you know doing this at the churches and giving back for foods insecurities and it's now not only a food show but there's a message that goes along with it which is the, the ultimate the ultimate exactly so any anything like fun and exciting coming up you can speak about fun and exciting <laughs> life <laughs> no i mean like, you, like i know you got your hands in a million things i, I do i have a, i have a, i have a few campaigns uh going around mental health and suicide awareness that's coming up actually starting in june mm-hmm. um, um i got Oh my God! I, I have a, a a bunch of different things. Another couple couple more shows is coming up. Um, I have another book that I'm doing that's going to be a cookbook that's actually focused on fitness and mental health uh, and realistic realistic life. You know, let's let's talk about your uh, your charity because I know you you. You have your own charity. I, do. I know you're involved in a lot, but talk, tell us about your charity and what it's uh, about. My my charity actually uh, is called Two 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 Inc. Um, uh, together to serve, you know, to help too many, right? Um, and it's all about underprivileged kids. I am a, f- a huge, huge kid person. I mean, I love kids to death. That's one of the reasons why, you know, eight weeks ago I decided to grow my social media because the presence is, being the reality is, everything's social media now. So I actually went ahead and did that, uh, and I did it well. And um, uh, my charity kind of bridges the gap between um, kids and helping with military guys or influencers or first responders to help them as mentorships, giving out scholarships and feed them and all other things, but more so on a mental part of it, mental ship part of it, where they know their worth and value, no matter where they come from. And which, like I said, I came from the projects. I didn't have those opportunities. I didn't have those voices. I didn't have that way with them. I said, oh, you can do and be anything you want to besides my mother and father. Yeah, who was the biggest mentor to you, who do you feel like? Was it your parents, or was there a person that in the military that, that like, have you ever had that wow moment with a person? You said you don't, not a picture taker, or, you know, you meet people, you know, that you look so, at it for so inspiration. I'm, I'm an energy guy. I take energy from each and every person, like from Matt, from you. Like I told you, I know when I said about me doing everything, I know your story. I know how you each and every time you packed up your own seat, you pushed it yeah, out. You, you know what? You know what? You were doing Jeff, that before you got here. Yeah. So, so we were talking about this because Matt keeps bringing this up to yeah. me and he says, you know, I don't realize, you know, I don't realize my impact mm. because I'm just a guy just like you, like you just told me you get up at three in the morning and what drives you right and it's like all these successes that people look at but it's this is your heart doing it right this is your passion so it's you don't look at it as like i'm doing all these tasks because this is my life right so i don't see this so i think you know you looking at me i'm kind of taken back a little bit because <laughs> i listened to a crazy success story in my background i mean i come from a small place the youngest of seven in my family okay i was you know same thing like it was me and my sister a year apart, and then it was like a 10-year age gap to the closest sibling. So, like, my dad was 44 when he had me. So he had already been through the all the children. Yeah. So he was kind of like, you do what you want to do. I've already raised all these kids. You should know better. He kind of – and I worked started working at 11, my brother's concrete business. And they mentored me. 
And then eventually you meet other people that like were business mentors, like Chris Aceto, who trained me, you know, from the yep, time I was 18. Yep. Like he took me on, didn't charge me because he saw the potential, right? And taught me a lot about not just nutrition, but business. And, you know, I, I'm, I rub elbows with greats. So I just always wonder with someone like you that has, you know, no ceiling to what you do. Like I, like there's, it's to the moon. He just asked you, hey, what do you got coming up? And you're like, uh, okay, let me think of the one of the 50 things that I have great things because it's not a job. So like who, who along the way was a figure? Like, did you look at a president or a military person or people on the outside? Or was there anyone in fitness? Is there anyone in, that you look at? Like you, we talk about shit. And he was talking about food the whole time. Is there a certain chef that you're like, man, that is... Like, who's the greatest? I know you say you're the greatest, but there's got to be people that you Someone's look at. Someone's motivated you. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll be honest with you on that part of it. When I say that, um, I'm not just shooting smoke up your ass. When I say that I've looked at everybody, even Matt, I've said this to him back in the past. I'm like, I see how hard you work. It's a little nuance, and I know you probably heard or you don't heard it, and I know how hard he works. I've seen what you do and how you built your legacy. You did it from the ground up, hand by hand, mm. literally, literally by hand by hand, packaging stuff and pulling and doing this and doing that. And me now, where I'm in it, it's important to be around the right people because I know nobody can work harder than me. You know, on that part of it, the mentorship is my my mother. I saw my dad work his butt off. I mean, literally, my bad. He had to drop out of school to help his family, and he he couldn't read or write, but he could he could count to a million, a billion. <laughs> you know, he was just a money guy. He he bought his first house cash and did this and did that, and you know that was my inspiration on it and my motivation. And I didn't realize as a for as a mentorship, I've had plenty of people that contributed to things and nuggets and pieces in my life. Nobody that sat down and said, I'm going to do this. It's people that I looked at and said, wow, that was incredible. And I can go from that and I can build from that and I live from that. But now every day at three o'clock, the first thing I do in that mirror that I go in the bathroom is after I do my meditation and push-ups, I go in the mirror and I look at it every day. I have to be my biggest worth. And I say, hey, you worth it. Uh, today we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I literally talk to myself. You know, I love that because honestly, I never took anyone and said, I'm going to model myself after this yeah, person. True. Like I looked at Stallone and Van Damme were mm -hmm. my inspirations body wise, but I didn't never knew their workout routines. I read Bob Paris's book Beyond Built when yeah. I was 16 and I picked up magazines and we talked about, you talked about the black and white pictures of creation of, hey, now you can go on the internet and watch this. Yep. Like you can. <laughs> yeah, so it's, le it's less of an artistic mind maybe True. because now you, you can actually see the creation on video. I try to tell these kids, right? It's true. That now like you want to plug in, oh, I want to do chest. Let me watch 100 top bodybuilders or fitness people work chest. It's a lot easier than the magazine laying out yep. <laughs> and making those pictures come to life and we're in the same boat, right? Yeah. So people can see this now. That's why social media is so important. Your influence is going to trigger many in many different arenas, not just food or, no, no, I mean, course. what they're going to get out of this interview, which listen, I'm floored by all the information because yeah. I never really knew that deep. I mean, I said to him before, I don't know a lot about your background, but I know a lot now, which is very impressive. Like, I'm, I'm kind of blown away, you know? You know, we, we've talked about this many times, too. Like, <clears throat> I know you have a lot of charity stuff you do and a lot of military stuff. And, 
and and I'm I mean he's sitting right here and I'm going to speak for him like anything we could ever do to get involved in that. I know I'm not like this famous person, but I can do my part to make things happen so we can play our part and and, 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 I, and being there for the people that sometimes are forgot about. And and I, I love that. And I one million percent take you up on that offer. You for know, sure. it's because it's I so much. Do. No, no, and, yeah. and, and and I I love it because this sincerity is not like like you said Jay earlier, where it's like a, it's not a job. You know, is it's, it's an honor and it's a privilege to me to do the things that I do. You know, it's just it, it, I feel really blessed that I can do things like that. Like I said, now with social media and I, people kids that come up to me and say I want to be just like you, and I'm like, no, be better than me. I'm giving you the blueprint to start where I stopped. So you don't shouldn't have to start from my failures, start from my successes, and then build from there. Yeah. But you gotta listen. You gotta be you gotta be humble. You can't be this person that think I'm gonna be the next superstar in, in, in a second or so. You you're gonna have to go through those struggles. And then doing those struggles is that's 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 necessary. And it's okay. Yeah. We had I remember one time we were in uh, we were in the Middle East and we did this appearance and we had four athletes there. And I, I always I, I know my role. I stay off to the back. And this one of this these guys came over to me and hey, our, you know, my name is so and so. I'm kinda of thinking like why why are you talking to me? Like Jay's over there, Angelica, guys there. We have all these these guys, and he's like, "No, so and so said you're the person that helped set this up, and I want to thank you for helping do this and not forgetting about us." And you're like, "Okay, you're gonna get me teary-eyed here. Like, who am I? I'm not the important person, but everyone needs to play their part. Everyone needs, to and everyone needs to know their role. And people like you guys are out in the forefront." that people want to talk to you guys, but there's people like me and other people that we can't do that part, but we can play our part to make it happen because sometimes him having a conversation or you having a conversation with someone on the other side of the world, who knows what they are going through. Exactly. But that one conversation could change the whole trajectory of their life. It's true. Just given that a little bit of time. Me and him talk about this all the time. Like sometimes we'll go to these expos and other athletes, and, and I'm sure feathers will get ruffled and I don't care. They just walk off because they don't give a shit. But he'll sit there for hours. Him and Brian Shaw and other people will sit there for hours. But you know what? That person might have, they might have drove 12 hours to come see you. They might have skipped work and they don't have the the expendable money to skip work and they skip work to come see you. So just giving people that little bit of time could literally change their life. That's true. You know, you never know what someone's going through. And and that's what I appreciate about this. And I'm I'm very honored and humbled to be here today talking to Jay. You know, you're legendary. I want to shake your hand. Like I've always done, you know it yeah, already. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to shake your hand also, <laughs> and I um, want to say, and that's my awesome. token for you know challenge coins and just you know. Do you up. know how many? It's crazy. I know. Man. I actually, I want to get a. I need to get some kind of thing because it's. I love this. Every time we go anywhere on the world, they give you these, and it just. I don't think this is. This big is the coolest enough. one, though. It's not. It's not. It's I, I, I think they. This. They had a little they, bit of arm they, they size. Did, down. They did. They did. Had to swing it down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, I'll make sure the next one is bigger. <laughs> I love it though, man. It's awesome. And that's one I actually give out on each one of my shows. Uh, this is the. And this might be the biggest one is. I ever got. It, it is the biggest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know that's a special one I had made. It came from a, a long place. It took me like three months to get them. And I've I I have no problem. And I'll be very honest with you. I I spent tens of thousand dollars on challenge coins. I do them for kids. I have the ones that I go into airports, kids come up to me, and I pin them. 
people come up to me, you got to be worth it to the value and so forth. I met people three years ago that had my had my first challenge going. That they like, shit. I have that I one. Yeah, yeah. You gave that one to me years <laughs> yeah, ago. I this have was it. yeah. They, have, they have it. And they were like, I, I gave you. I, I got your challenge <laughs> going. They pull it out, and it's the most humbling thing because they know the history behind it and how important it is. And it's not like a, a a monetary thing or or anything. It's just like a substance thing where people can say. It, it, don't ask for it because it's there because you want to add it to your collection. I want to add it to your heart, to what you yeah. do and your mission. And this is all about mission right I here. love the message. Never give up. Keep going. You can do anything. And that's what my mom used to say to me when I was a uh, kid until she passed away. So I know it's cliche, but she just said, you're worth it. You can do anything. Don't do it. My mom passed away. I was, with, I was in New York City. Uh, Long Island with Gary V. He looked for seven inspirational people to do a commercial. I was one of the seven. It's when I first started. Um, and, uh, you know, huge audience was there. My sister called me up and said, your mother, um, come to see your mother if you want to see her live again. I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. What are you? I jumped on a plane and went to Jackson, Mississippi, and my mother was 70 pounds lighter and couldn't talk and walk. I cried like a baby. And I said, why? Why? I'm, like I said, I'm a mama's boy. And she was like, because she knew what you were doing. She didn't want to stop you. And so I, I contribute that and I say to that that she sacrificed what her life, knowing how much I care, she knew I would stop. And so I, when I give that out, I'm giving out a piece of me of her saying thank you. That's a great message, yeah. No, it is. Thank you. Thank you a lot. I mean, I, I love every, every time we've ever got when there's a story there. Uh, another trip that we took, just when you mentioned pinning, and I'm, I'm sure you know where I'm going to go with this. Pinning. We went on to, uh, we were in Dubai, on, and there was a ship in there. And one of the guys was supposed to get some type of pin because he moved up in the I range. thought it was in Kuwait, I think, actually. It was uh, what, I, it was in the no, Marine Base. It, it, it was a Marine in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dubai. Uh, uh, Kuwait's Camp Afrigen. Yeah, okay. And they asked if Jay would do the honors and they had to get permission from the general lieutenant yeah, and they allowed him to. And wow. I still have pictures of him standing there yeah. and going up and pinning the guy. And it was like this military thing. We yeah, actually yeah. got to witness it. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Dude, this like, this isn't something a normal person sees. That's like a prestigious thing to see. And, and Jay got to actually pin him. Oh, that's pretty. He asked, he asked if I could pin him, you know, knew I was there. And yeah. Was pretty awesome. I yeah. ran into him, you know, again. Oh, you did? Yeah, I ran into him later because I was on like uh, Camp Lejeune or something, and okay. he came to see me. Yeah, that's I, I have. I love going to those bases because people get so excited. They do. They, they do. do. They get excited when they see you. I mean, you've yeah, been yeah. in Fort Belvoir yeah, a few course. times. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you all over. Um, and, and that's what I that's what I love about that. And that's what we need to get into now. You know, unfortunately, the military recruiting is at its lowest in a very, very long time. And uh, I, I'm happy to get, be able to get out and, and do a message where we can spread it to get more people to join the military service and understand why. Unfortunately, today's age is that even with the amount of money they're giving, even with the, the loose um, uh, constrictions, you know, everybody thinks they can be the next internet star and make billions of dollars in days, and it's just not that simple. You still need to have that leadership skills, that structure, that mm -hmm. tack, and those life skills that go on. And even for a very short period of time, if you decide to, just move on. And people are like, I'm not going to work. What well, you see me fighting around besides in the streets of our own backyards? There's no wars. There's only opportunities, and we need to take them. We need to go on some more. We, it's been a while since we've done us because of the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, exactly. It's pandemic stole our thing. And that's yeah. what happened. And I tried, I tried, I tried, and it was just like, oh, you know, but 
you know, it'd be great if we, I mean, June was usually, I usually did Pendleton and yeah. uh, 29 Palms was kind of the kickoff in June. And I mean, I did all branches. I mean, I know people argue what the best branch is, right? They all think they were in the yeah, best. Everybody thinks it's the best branch. Uh, I, do, I, would, I would love to be able to take four or five fitness people that, that I know really give so, a shit. Yeah, if anyone's watching this, and, you know, I'm sure we, but we would love to start, you know, yeah. just doing these, these voluntarily. Uh, that, that, that's events. easy. If you want to do that, we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's so many. And, and, and you said about the best branch. I'm, I'm joint forces. I, you know, everybody sees me. I'm, I'm Army, but people ask, what's your branch of service? That's one of the things I say I don't even talk about a lot. I, I'm military. You never see me, join military, join Army, Army. I am all branches in one. I care about each and every last one. I'm the same. Yeah. I, of course, you have everyone your has the role. Friendly rivalry, you know, Army versus Navy, and all <laughs> this and that stuff. We gonna whoop their asses, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna root for them. Also, I was listening to uh, an interview the other day from the Lone Survivor, and the uh, what's the guy's name that was saved again from Lone Survivor? Oh, um, why am I forgetting his name? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he he was like the the worst part about this was. The Rangers came and got me, and they're never going to let me live it down. <laughs> he said that in there. And he's like, true, but you know true. what? I was happy to see him. Uh, <laughs> that, there you go. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> it's a true statement. Yeah, that was great. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you taking guys. the time to where, spend with us. Where else can where, where can people reach you? Um, you can reach you right here. I'll be here tonight and next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, Instagram. I, I have my website, which is uh, uh, chefrush.com. Uh, Instagram, real chef rush, chef rush, YouTube, chef rush. Uh, we'll link TikTok, all your stuff in this all too that. as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere, and I and I do like you guys. I answer all of my DMs and messages because I look for people that may have something that's going on that's underlined that they don't want to talk about in public. Well, we appreciate it, man, and. Uh, yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome uh, learning a little bit more. Yeah. And yeah, no, no, it was, it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank we're you. Out. Oh, by the way, you owe me some uh, push-ups with those. Yeah. <laughs>